Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. And hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 65. It is once again great to be with you today. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the world of financial health for the freelance musician. If you're not a freelance musician, um, check this out anyway. The episode's not very long. Um, we're not going to get into great detail about some things such as taxes, uh, although we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit because my guest is not a, a CPA. She's a financial coach. But if you're any kind of musician or artist at all, there are a few things that are kind of stereotypically true about most of us. One is that we're better artists than we are business people. And uh, that is something we went over, you know, on episode 63, I believe it was. Um, another thing, though, that's that's also very true is that we're not always good uh, at making the best decisions with our money. And so uh, our guest today, Samantha Absher, is going to talk to us about that. She has a um, financial coaching company called WTF is a Budget. And uh, she has created quite a following on TikTok this past year and uh, also posts quite a bit on Instagram. Uh, and also, she's a theater person. So I've met her through a regional theater. We've actually never worked on stage together, but, uh, but I know her and I followed her. And um, she, she actually has been on the podcast before, which you'll hear uh, a reminder about in just a moment. Uh, it was in a cameo role, so <laughs> we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Samantha has a passion for people who have uh, mental health disorders, and she talks about that on her her kind of rapid fire videos that she posts to TikTok. And um, just since she kind of has been in theater, and uh, you know her advice is very sound, uh, I I thought it, she would be a great guest to bring on to talk about this world of financial basics. So we'll be talking about savings. We'll be talking about uh, getting out of debt, um, retirement, and, and again, some basics on investing in taxes and, and also working with a budget. Now, I'm going to go ahead and warn you up front, uh, because especially if you go check out uh, WTF is a budget on TikTok or Instagram, uh, this will be uh, abundant after you check out a few posts. If you're coming to this podcast as a pretty loyal Dave Ramsey fan, you might want to just uh, check out now. I think you'll, you'll have the knowledge that you're secure in. Um, but uh, S Sam has a few issues with the teachings of Dave Ramsey, and she goes over on that in detail on her posts that we don't really get into here. Uh, but I do think you'll find that some of the things that we talk about are pretty common or, or among a lot of uh, advisors. But I do like Sam's take on some specific things, such as allowing yourself to have fun and not really putting it off till retirement. <laughs> and so we will be talking about that and some more. And I, I would advise you to please stay tuned to the end of the interview, which again is not as long as some of my other interviews. Um, Sam has offered a promo code. So if you like her advice, but would like to get some specific one-on-one -on -one uh, court, uh, advice with her or just to go through her course, there will be a promo code at the very end 
uh, right after the interview. Before we get to that conversation, uh, just want to remind you, speaking of money, that we are generously sponsored by Fonz, which is an online platform to help private coaches and teachers and uh, of all kinds, not just music, to deal with the business side of what they do, whether that be payment reminders, securing the payment, keeping track of your schedule, and uh, you know keeping your policies up to date. So many things that it helps you do in minutes that m- might otherwise take you hours. So definitely check our show notes for how you can find out more about that. And uh, you can also find a, a link to that on our website at lifeinthepitpod.com. All right, without any further delay, here's my conversation about financial health with Sam Absher. So today I'm talking with Samantha Absher. And do you prefer Sam or, or Samantha? Uh, most people call me Sam. All right, we'll just call you Sam. Among other things... Sam has actually been a past guest of this podcast, although in kind of a cameo role. Uh, back in right after, I believe, episode four, I decided it'd be good to have a kind of a little special episode for special theater terms. And I recruited a lot of friends I know that have had some acting experience. And uh, you were on there and you introduced the term button. Button, sometimes known as a stinger. This is a slang term directors use to describe the type of ending where the final note or chord is an accented staccato. Directors will occasionally request such an ending to be added even when it isn't written. This is usually so that the cast knows exactly when to stop moving at the end of a song. So um, welcome back to the podcast, Sam. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. So first of all, just tell us a little bit just about your theater experience. You know, what is it? You, you, in fact, you have a show going on right now, I believe. Yeah, well, actually, we just closed. Oh, okay. Um, just, yes. All right. <laughs> so we, we ran for two weekends. I did um, The Cake with Triad Pride Acting Company, which is part of the Triad Pride Performing Arts um, Group here in Greensboro, mm-hmm. um, and was in The Cake, which um, was written by uh, playwright Becca Brunstetter, who wrote the show, or produces or something, the show This Is Us, which right. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fantastic show that's set in North Carolina. Um, if you have a chance to see it without me in it now, right. um, I highly recommend. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as uh, the theaters are doing more plays, you you might be more active. I, I know you've been kind of on and off you know with but you you're very busy you have a lot of other things going on in your life so oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so one of them is a, a you know I, I one thing i think we both have in common is we both have kind of given birth to some creative endeavors during the pandemic so for me it was this mm-hmm. podcast and for you you have something that's really taken off on TikTok that I believe I think that's kind of the origin, but you've you you know you've shared it on Instagram. Uh, so tell us about WTF as a budget. Yes. So actually, my background is in finance. My degree um, I have two degrees: one in finance and one in risk management and insurance. Um, but in getting those degrees, I still was never taught how to manage money. Um, right. I just know the basic principles. And also, I'm neurodivergent. I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people going through the pandemic were starting to realize the same thing, that 
um, they were having trouble managing money because they just were never given a lot of key tools on how to do that. Um, so through a lot of experience through my education and my own neurodivergence, I wanted to share that knowledge. And so I have built kind of a business helping neurodivergent people understand their money and how to manage their money. Um, before that, I've worked in finance. I've worked in the insurance world, um, but never in such a direct way of specifically helping people that don't really conform to um, neurotypical um, norms of the world. <laughs> right. Um, and and that's great. And and your your videos are kind of kind of fast paced, but very informative. So you know uh, we'll include links at the end. You know to for people to go check those out. Um, sure. In thinking of topics for 2022, I wanted to venture outside of the pit. You know of talking directly about directly about the pit, and I wanted to speak to some concerns that probably most. Well, I mean in this case, all pit musicians have to some degree or another. Um, when I think about people who play in the pit, there are a few people I've talked to that have basically full-time jobs. They're on a Broadway tour, you know, you know uh, or, you know, they've, they've got a sit-down gig on a Broadway show that's going to run for months. And those those pay to the point to where they probably have W-2 jobs. So uh, that's probably, you know, some of the concerns are not going to be the same as others. But I think a lot of people... Are kind of like myself in that I've got a W two job at a church, but it's part time. But then I also teach privately, and I'm responsible for that income. and uh, And I take gigs in theater and other things as a composer or performer. And all of that is money that comes to me that I'm the employer. I'm the employee. So <laughs> there's a lot of considerations that maybe a corporation might take care of that I think mm -hmm. would be helpful to go through suit, uh, some musicians. Um, and, and I think we're going to save some taxes. I'm going to save that for the end. But I thought it'd just be helpful just to kind of go through some basic financial health here. Um, and uh, I, I guess the first thing that just comes to mind is uh, an emergency fund. And mm -hmm. it, seems like, it seems like especially, you know, now that we've had a pandemic happen, there might have been some dipping into some emergency funds. So what are your thoughts on, like, if, if, if someone has no money in the bank right now, uh, what should they do? And then if they do get that in there, what, what would be some good ultimate goals for emergencies? Sure. So the priority for anybody is always to make sure you've got three to six months of living expenses mm -hmm. in a high-yield savings account. Right. Um, and when it comes to freelancers, my freelance clients, I always push for six months right. just because as we saw with the pandemic, you know, um, if somebody was laid off from a corporate job, there was a little bit more flexibility, but their corporate stuff came back a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're talking about freelance, especially something in the arts that requires so much on people gathering, right, for you to get paid, um, you really want to make sure that you've got that six months in there at all times. Um, and then once you've dipped back into it, dipped into that, the goal needs to be to um, to build that back up as quickly as possible. Beyond that, obviously, just saving for retirement, saving for more long-term goals, of course, that's gonna vary a lot depending on the individual. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely making sure that you've got that six-month account that's always in an easily accessible place. Right. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I've got an old 401k or I've got, you know, something like that that I can get into if I need to. 
that should not be your emergency fund. Your emergency fund needs to be easily accessible in a savings account where you are not going to, you know, incur penalties or taxes for right. withdrawing it. Right. So that that should really be the first priority is always that three to six months in that savings account. Right. And when we talk about expenses, uh, I think it's it was important for me to define you know, what that really means. It, it, it probably like an expense when things are going well might include, you know, a few s nice meals at restaurants and, you know, a few other things uh -huh. that if it's an emergency, I might want to hold back on, you know, so, so I think that might affect the amount you're saving, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, whenever they look at, you know, saving six months, they look at their current spending and there, right. it is a number that they cannot comprehend right. of saving six months of their current expenses. Right. And so you're right. When you're talking about in a, in a situation where your income has stopped, your expenses are going to change quite a bit. You're not going to have, you know, travel expenses. You're not going to have car maintenance expenses. Um, it's even possible your car insurance expenses will go down. You'll automatically start cutting back on a lot of stuff. So you won't have those, that same level, like you said, you know, you're not going to be going out to dinner on the weekends because right. you know that you're in a bit of a tighter spot. So mm -hmm. definitely you could take a look at your current expenses and just be really honest with yourself on what you're going to need and what you can live without. And then build from there, build your, your emergency expense fund from there. That way it's a little bit, um, the number is a little bit easier to wrap your brain around, right? It's right. Not, not quite so scary. Right. Um, I think one thing I want to go ahead and ask before, because I have some categories that we can talk about. Do you have an order of operations that you prefer to some people? I know I've heard different other financial advisors, um, like when it comes to emergency fund, when it comes to reducing your debt, when it comes to saving for retirement, are you a one, two, three person or do you do you think that like, you should kind of stagger that out a bit? So it kind of depends. Um, so yeah, when it comes to um, things like saving versus paying off debt versus investing, there are a lot of, there's a lot of advice out there that I don't agree with. Right. So for example, the Dave Ramsey, Susie Ormans of the world will say that you should not be investing any money in your retirement unless you have zero debt. And to me, that is wildly irresponsible to tell people. Mm -hmm. So for me, the way I look at it is your first priority is your savings, your yeah. emergency fund. Because even if you have existing credit card debt, you can work your behind off, pay off all of that debt, and then the second you, an emergency or an unexpected expense comes up, you're back into credit card debt because you've had to pull out that card again. Right. So priority one to me is always that three to six months of emergency savings. After that, we work on high interest debt. So that's mm -hmm. anything over 7%. So things like student loans, a, a mortgage would not fall into that. I would personally, and I do not recommend my clients ever prioritize paying those things off over investing from the future, right? right. So yeah, so the it's definitely step one is that three to six months of savings, then high interest debt. Yeah. And then after that, we can look at the um, retirement, investing, things like that. I always prioritize a retirement, like a st fairly stable retirement investment over mm -hmm. like kind of playing in the stock market, right? so to speak. Um, so it just kind of depends on your goals as far as like what you're looking for towards for your retirement. You know, some people never want to retire. They plan on working on and off for the rest of their lives because they enjoy what they do. So they might not need as a, as a significant size of a retirement account. Um, so just it kind of depends on your goals. Right. 
Um, now I know that uh, my my one W two job does offer me. I believe it's a four hundred three B matching up to a certain dollar amount plan, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a four hundred one k and sort of, yes. but. But that, but that's it. If I didn't have that, I would have to figure out some retirement. So for those who might be mostly, if not completely self-employed, what are some options for some basic retirement that they can look into? Sure. So going back to kind of the W-2 thing, if you, if you do have an employer that offers a match, always max that out if you mm-hmm. can, um, just because otherwise you're just leaving free money on the table. Right. Um, outside of that, whenever you're looking at self-employed, there's a lot of different options. Um, You can do a 401k on your own called a solo 401k. Um, So that is one option. There is something called a SEP, S-E-P IRA for self-employed people. Um, I prefer that over the 401k just because for the SEP IRA, there is a lot less paperwork involved. Um, a lot less administration, a lot less reporting. (laughs) Nice. Um, The downside of any of these is, of course, they do have income limits. So if you're self-employed and you have a really high income, like which generally means over about 300K a year, then you would be looking at a defined benefit plan. Um, But most people, once they're in that 300K a year, even, you know, doing their self-employed thing, um, they usually have a financial advisor that they're working with pretty much full time. (laughs) Right. Uh, one thing I think I, I've gathered from some of your videos that that I really like, as opposed to you know some of the other you know financial advisors you mentioned, um, I, I think maybe probably one of my biggest issues with Dave Ramsey was kind of like you can't have any fun at all until right. you get everything in order, and and the almost and, and I'm thinking when I'm in my 60s, I'm probably not going to physically be able to do some of the things I can do in my 40s. And um, where do you think, where does play come into? Like if if you're getting some things out of the way, like how much should you really get in line before you start thinking, you know, this summer I think I'd like to take a week and, you know, go on a vacation to the beach. So again, it totally depends on your goals. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing. Debt has no moral value. Right. (laughs) So just because you have credit card debt does not mean that you should not be allowed to go on vacation. If you are comfortable with paying the additional interest on those, you know, making the minimum payments, paying the additional interest so that you can go on a vacation, that's fine. And no one should judge you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, that kind of stuff, especially for self-employed people, because we tend to work in, ex, in significant excess of 40 hours a week. Right. You know, we're usually, it's more of a 24 seven, we're always thinking about our business. Um, that mental break is extremely important. Um, it's important for yourself. It's important often for, if you are in a long-term partnership, it's important for you and your partner to be able to get away and have time on your own. So that kind of reset is extraordinarily important. And I find a lot of my clients um, they're okay with having a little bit extra credit card debt and they're just waiting on someone to give them permission to say, actually, yeah, you can still take care of yourself. You have not done something wrong here. Right. And, and there's something very gratifying about it. Yeah, um, 2018, you know, I, I knew there was something that uh, my wife wanted to do in Chicago and we'd never been and we wanted and we wanted to go, you know, not have to be on a really tight budget. Like we can only eat at fast food places. We can actually enjoy Chicago restaurants. And uh, so we took about nine months and saved for it. And we didn't incur any debt on that. Uh, and, and of course, what that meant was, you know, not paying extra on some of the debts and so forth. But 
uh, you know, when I got back, didn't feel at all guilty because there was no new debt <laughs> and we had a right. great time. And so, yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because it's just, uh, I, I think if you can do that, you know, if you can save a little extra money, even if it just takes a while, it just, it's good to get away and <laughs> reset. Right. Yeah. And, and you can even use debt to your advantage. So for example, um, I'm a big proponent of credit card points. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like, you know, Again, the Dave Ramsey, Susie Ormans, they say, you know, all debt is evil. Right. I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of American Express cards that I get points with Delta yeah. and one that I get points with Hilton. And with that, um, actually, right before the pandemic hit, I was able to take my son to Chicago. We flew to Chicago. We saw Hamilton. We stayed overnight. We came back, ate dinner out and everything. And because of my judicious use of points, um, that entire trip cost me less than $200. Right. Uh, and I was just looking at my notes, and I cannot believe I did not include this in what I wanted to talk about. But what you just said made me think of we have. I did not think to ask you about budgeting, <laughs> and we should probably include that because that's because yes. uh, it seems to me that if you're going to use credit card debt responsibly, a budget has to kind of be in there so that you're not spending, you know, more than you would be able to do. So what, what are right. some basics for setting up a budget? So my the way that I set up a budget with my clients is much more simple than a lot of traditional methods. Um, and I actually, I do have a an on-demand course that people can access as well mm-hmm. um, to get a little bit deeper into it. But the basics of budgeting, people a lot of times are educated for a traditional budget to be like, okay, 30% on housing, 20% on transportation, 20% on food. That is overwhelming to me. I cannot manage that. So the way that I set up my budgets with both um, my one-on-one clients and with my course clients is there are two categories. That's it. Mm -hmm. You've got your fixed expenses and your variable. Right. That's it. Your fixed expenses are anything that is going to affect your day-to-day life if you don't pay it. So even though an electric bill will vary month to month, it's still a fixed expense. You got to pay it or you can't turn the lights on, right? right? So you've got those fixed expenses. The variable is anything else. So the way I set it up is you take your income that you're getting every month. And for freelancers, you're going to look at the lower amount that you would generally get. Put in your fixed expenses. Whatever is left over is what's available to you for that big bucket. So now you've got one bucket that you're pulling from for entertainment, transportation, um, additional debt payoff if you want it. Um, Groceries, all of that stuff now just comes from one bucket instead of having to manage these like 15 different categories. Right. Nice. Um, and, And I know that I use Quicken. Uh, for my mm-hmm. kind of keep uh, to keep everything together, and I th- and I haven't checked in a long time because I just like keep copying last year's budget onto this year's and then just change the numbers. But I think mm-hmm. you can set it up the the expense type that this category is. I think you can say F for fixed or V for variable, and I'm not sure, but I, at least you used to be able to. So <laughs> so uh, so that would be ver- that would kind of fit in what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond retirement, what are some investing basics? that musicians should consider? So investing, that's a, a really broad topic. Right. <laughs> so obviously the your retirement plan is going to be your primary investment. Right. Um, beyond that, it's just always kind of think long-term. Um, 
I generally advise that people, unless you have a lot of time on your hands, mm -hmm. not to get involved with like the day trading type stuff, the day trading, crypto, NFTs, all of those things. Right. Um, just because those do require a great deal of time and knowledge investment. So right. for example, my, my partner, Ben, um, he does some day trading, mm -hmm. but he also spends hours and hours every week educating himself and, right. and educating himself and investing in, um, in knowledge, in um, classes and mentorships, things like that. So if you don't have that, that those resources, that time and money to invest in that, I generally will always advise to just think long term, put things into um, into index funds and just kind of let them grow. And honestly, of my investments, I rarely check them. Don't check your investments every day. You will right. make yourself insane. Right. <laughs> yes, indeed. And for and for even for those things for the, you know, the IRAs and investing in index funds, most people can just use a robo advisor. You don't necessarily need to hire a financial advisor for those things. Right. Um, I always say that a financial advisor is really there to help you manage your emotions right. more than anything. Right. And help you like not check every day and not just kind of instinctually, instinctively um, sell stuff as soon as things start to drop. Right. Uh, I know a big topic, of course, is where do we live? Uh, so buying a home versus renting a home. And I'm especially uh -huh. curious for those, um, you know, for the musicians out there that are on tour most of the year. And, uh -huh. and, and let's just say that for you know, just to kind of be more specific that maybe they're single, you know, maybe they don't have a, a family life, um, you know, just in some various situations. Do you, do you have any thoughts on just the whole issue of buying a home versus renting a home? Sure. Um, again, it's going to depend on individual goals and how much time you want to invest in a real estate investment. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people, traditionally, we think that home ownership is supposed to be our ultimate goal, right? Like that's the American dream and that's what we're supposed to do. Right. But it's not really true for everyone. Um, personally, I love real estate just because, you know, land is a finite resource right. and I do own a home, but I spend most of my weekends on upkeep and maintenance. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily going to be a goal for everyone. And even for me, for this home that I'm sitting in right now, my end goal is for it to be a revenue generating property for me to turn it into a rental. So that said, even if you aren't there for much of the year, if you own a home that you can rent out while you're gone and you can have somebody um, take care of small repairs and things like that, that's a fantastic investment. There's often people that are looking for furnished properties to stay in um, for a month or so out of the year. Right. So it can be it can be great if you've got somebody local that can take care of emergency repairs and things like that. Um, but you know that said, a lot of the the general knowledge is that renting is a waste of money, but it's not. You're paying for a place to live. Right. I do have a few questions uh, oh. just from from musicians, but I think I can work them in uh, really toward the end here. Uh, we're not too far. When this episode comes out, uh, I think we'll be almost exactly a month away from you know, taxes being due and all that. So what are, what should musicians, self-employed people be doing as far as taxes at a bare minimum? So when it comes to taxes, um, I am not a tax accountant. I'm not a CPA, so right. I can't necessarily speak to that, but definitely you should automatically be putting 30% of any non-taxed income that you get into a savings account for mm. future taxes. And if you live in a high a high state tax place, like say you're in New York or something like that, 
something like that, that has a higher state tax, you should be looking at 40% putting away every time that you get a check. Nice. And, 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 I, and I guess the consensus consensus is that you should definitely stay on the quarterly system of estimated tax. Right. Yes. Like you said, you know, there's, there's a software out there like Quicken that can help you estimate what those taxes are going to be mm-hmm. um, just so that you can avoid those possible penalties of paying late. Right. Okay. Um, th- I think I'm going to go ahead and just kind of look in this real quick. Um, one of the questions that we had, I think we've, you've answered some of you answered about 401k um, savings account. Uh, but he was also asking about uh, health insurance, you know, mm-hmm. um, just what are some options out there? Um, I, I mean, I, I know there's healthcare.gov. Uh, are there any other options that you'd recommend besides that? There's nothing that I recommend um, just because I'm not a licensed health agent, so right. I can't legally speak to any of them. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So I encourage people to, you know, uh, just look into that. Um, <laughs> there was one question that that I that I answered already because it re- really wasn't uh, financial, and I'll probably throw that in toward the end. And then there was one other. Um, well, you sort of talked. We sort of talked about IRA. Uh, we said we mm-hmm. talked about retirement. Well, this 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 so this may not be this may not be in your area of expertise uh, since you're not a CPA. But I'll ask it anyway. Uh, are there deductions? You know that that people should be thinking of regularly? Uh, um, definitely. So I don't have any specific outside of just, you know, your regular business expenses. And of course, some of that goes into, um, you know, forming an LLC or an S corp for yourself. Right. Um, so definitely talk to a CPA about that because roughly 90% of the tax code is all about deductions right. and ways to, ways to save you money. Right. So definitely, I would highly encourage anyone having a CPA is such a fantastic investment. Yes. You know, just kind of I'll just speak to that just real quick. Uh, the, the one thing that I know that my CPA has told me is just basically every time you get into the car, <laughs> kind of you know take note of your mileage and just mm-hmm. uh, just think, am I doing something that's helping my business? You know, am I going to buy some products mm-hmm. for my business or am I in between gigs stopping to, you know, have a meal, you know, or something like that. Yep. It's like, and, and what I just do is I, I write it all down and then I give it to my CPA and it's like, here, use, use what the law allows this year and ignore the rest, you know, but I, I think just kind of having those numbers is, is bet that you may not need is better than not having those numbers. Yes. Always, so. always, always, always keep more than you need right. <laughs> as far when it comes to data on your spending and your expenses. Right related to business stuff because like i said like roughly 90 percent of the tax code is about deductions good um so i did i did want to ask this question uh, no one no one else has had brought it up but should should someone like me who is mostly self-employed but does a lot in music um should we remain an individual or consider registering as either a sole proprietor or an llc and do you have any thoughts between those two, sole proprietorship and LLC as a business? So there, there are definitely two different things. You can have an LLC and be a sole proprietorship underneath it is how I understand it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm not a CPA, right? so I don't have as much information, but I'm always a fan of an LLC 
um, just in case you get sued. Right. Exactly. <laughs> for some reason. Right. Just right. it is a limited liability corporation. Um, so I have my business registered as an LLC. Um, so that more protects you from the liability stuff, whereas the S Corp is going to be more tax related. But yes, highly recommend forming an LLC for anyone or at least make sure you've got some sort of umbrella policy just in case something happens. Um, even if you, you know, you think you have great working relationships with everyone you work with, all of that, when it gets to um, money, right. things can change very quickly. So yeah. I definitely recommend an LLC and an umbrella policy of some kind. Great. All right. I, I know that you have only a couple minutes left. So uh, let's go ahead and just say, uh, ask, where can people follow you or find out more about your services? Sure. So I'm on TikTok under WTF is a budget. Um, and you'll, if you just pull up WTF as a budget, there's a few different accounts because I have a lot of um, copycats. Uh, okay. um, but you'll see me. I'm the one with like, I have like 230,000 followers. So that's the one you want to follow. Same on Instagram for that hashtag. Yeah. And then you can also find um, some information on WTF as a budget.com. Um, there I do have some blog posts. You can sign up for my newsletter. And also I have an on demand course that is budgeting 101. It's very basic on how to set up a budget. Um, how to manage your spending and how to manage emotional spending and how to set your financial goals. Right. I think we all need help with the emotional spending. So, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time. It was great talking to you today. All right. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate it. Right. And that wraps up episode number 65. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about what uh, Samantha offers, as she mentioned, you can go to her website, WTFisabudget.com. If you'd like to check out her course, which is called Financial Success Basics, she has offered a coupon code, especially for Life in the Pit listeners, and the coupon code is, one word, Life in the Pit. And that'll be on the show notes as well, uh, along with our uh, mention of funds, which we encourage you to check out if you are a private teacher of any kind. I should be back with episode number 66 in just a couple of weeks. Um, I've gotten to where I don't really want to say too much about future guests until I actually have them recorded, but I have three, maybe four lined up for future episodes, and I'm excited about all of them. So, uh, you know, make sure you're following us on social media to uh, keep up with what's coming up next as soon as it's announced. As a reminder, if you want to follow what's coming up next, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Life in the Pit Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at David Lane Music or Twitter and Facebook at David M. Lane Music. And as always, I want to give a big special thank you to Mark Parolo for his cover art and to Bill Sisna for providing the introduction to this podcast. The theme music is composed and performed by David Lane. You can find out more about this podcast, leave feedback, or donation at lifeinthepitpod.com. Please rate and review on the Apple Podcast app and please share with your friends. Thank you for listening.